Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. While you're in sunny Florida, be sure to visit... Orlando! Enter into a world of epic adventure. You know what I'm talking about? Magna Doodle. Oh, I know the one. Yeah, I, I yeah. think I had one of those as a kid, the Magna Doodle. Yeah. So, um, so my daughter was like, uh, she she had one that was attached to like some little Disney book, and it got used so much in the car. It's like her car toy that she would like erase it so many times and draw and erase that it's like so hard to erase now. So she was like, Dad, I need a new one. Mm-hmm. Do so they even found, still make those? Yeah, well, we went to the store and we found one and it's like bigger, you know, and and you know, bigger screen for 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 writing on. And uh we take it home and I showed her today after school and she immediately was like, "All right, I'm going to draw something." And she like draws a dragon. And then she's like, "All right, dad, here you go. Your turn. Draw a dragon." And I was like, <laughs> "All right, here we go." You know. That's she amazing. Just, she loves dragons. That's so cool. Mm. Incredible. Dragon, dragon, dragon. And how old is Willa? Five. Five. Ah, Almost amazing. six. And to be like, she's so lucky. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I feel like I was a lucky person. I'm sure both of you guys are lucky people too. But like, it's, I feel like generationally, people are just getting luckier and luckier. It's just uh, the world, in spite of the chaos, in spite of the hate and everything, I think the world keeps becoming a better and better place yeah. to live. She, so, yeah, she, like, she, she, Anything that she thinks about and anything that she thinks about other people is like, it's so good. So you know great. what I mean? And like, so great. She That's just, so inspiring. It, it really is. You know, when, when, when you see your child and, and, and kind of see through their eyes, you know, and just see that goodness and just uh, see their, their lust for life, you know, and uh, that vibrancy that yeah. they exude. It's uh, it's very inspiring. <laughs> you that know, is, it really is. Because too often we get beaten down by, you know, the uh, day after day, you know, routine, and so that's why uh, I never want to grow up. No, <laughs> and that's why we are here, and we are not growing up, and we are going to keep playing fantasy games until the day we die. Yep. Let's. Uh, I would like to cheers to that. Cheers to that, Orlando. sir. What are we drinking tonight? Yes. Cheers. I think we're currently drinking again. We are drinking the uh, High Lie. Yes, uh, yes. Yep. This One is of my Cigar favorites. City. Cigar Brewery. City High Lie. Yep. Mm-hmm. And we talked awesome. about this in the realm of Akshi. This is like the go to oh. beer in the realm of Akshi. And apparently, this is going to be the go to beer also in the realm of metal. <laughs> metal! <laughs> yes! <laughs> so, uh, We've been recording for a while now, probably a couple of minutes, and uh, this is going to be one of those rambling starts to our podcast, uh, but you're just going to get us. You're just going to get us talking about the things we enjoy talking about. That's us. That's Orlando. Uh, so uh, why, why don't we go around the room? I, I see across from me we have Mark. Yes. And next to you, Mark, is? This is Nicholas. And, yes. And then who's over here? Adam. That's right. That's the three of us. We are we are oh warlord. Right. <laughs> oh man, that's the first <laughs> text here tonight. It's a good question. It's not going to go to us. Uh so uh we are we're Orlando and we're Orlando. talking about gaming and we've been already hanging out for a, probably an hour and a half, two hours almost, mm. just talking. Talking about gaming. 
Talking about gaming. We've been yeah. talking a lot about D&D, in particular. Uh, Coming out of Dragon, Dragon Con. Dragon Con. Dragon Coming out of Con. Dragon Con playing D&D. Dragon Con. That's, yes. Oh, my God. It was the, so much uh, fun. Most epic event. Uh, I, I just got to say it's been like 20 years in between my wow. Dragon Con visits. I don't know how it's gone that long. Wow. but. Uh, uh, I, I I felt like I just picked up. Where when was when was your first visit? It was it, it was mid nineties, mid nineties, and uh, it was it was only at one hotel. Mm-hmm. It was packed. It was packed then. I mean, nothing compared to what it is today, but uh, uh, just absolutely glorious. Uh, back then, I remember you know hanging out with Glenn Danzig, uh, the Veronica, Veronica, I forget the line, but the uh, the comics that he was producing, you know, with Frank Vertigo. Rosetta. Vertigo. No, not Vertigo. That it was a DC. Vertigo? That's DC Comics. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Well, speaking of DC Comics and Vertigo, uh, yeah, ran in, had an encounter with Neil Gaiman in the elevator. Oh, yeah. Man, he was, when you uh, say yeah. an encounter... No, it was, it was it was a pleasant meeting. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What what floors are? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, Sandman was at its uh, just uh, pinnacle right then and there, and mm-hmm. uh, just absolutely what an amazing time. I don't think I slept at all. I don't so, think I slept this time either. So here you are, uh, <laughs> twenty years later. Yeah, uh, and you just went to Dragon Con last week. Yes. How do you feel about Dragon Con now? I I, I believe it's just as glorious. Yeah, just as glorious. Just uh, you know, you just find those good times. You find those great people there, and I think we, I think we did. We just, oh, I mean, man, no, we did everywhere we turned. You know, we just, you know, met like-minded people uh, that was just having so much fun as well, just as fun as uh, we were having, and uh, it was yeah, just amazing. Surrounded, yeah, yeah, uh, and we played fourteen hours of D and D. Yeah, yeah. That was pretty much our entire uh, yeah, con. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Fourteen hours, Friday and Saturday. Uh Friday, we took it easy. It was only a four hour game. Uh but uh Saturday we went all in. It was a ten hour game. We had a two hour break, but uh, it was absolutely epic, the D and D open. Yes, we were twelve hours committed to the official Wizards of the Coast D and D Open campaign, which was spectacular. Absolutely. It was so much fun. It was the uh, Gangs of Waterdeep, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, uh, and it was it was it was spectacular. It yeah, was, I, yeah, amazing, amazing. So well done. Everybody that was part of it was just uh, just a joy to talk to. They were so well prepared. I know so much work went into it, mm-hmm. and uh, I just commend them so much for that because they gave everyone there participating just an incredible time and just memorable. Because that's I won't shut up about it. <laughs> yeah, I, man, we, we I mean we just like we just started recording, but like the past hour we've been trying to like explain to Nicholas what we experienced. What was it like listening to us talk about it? You guys were very excited. Yeah. <laughs> it was just such an amazing experience. Yeah. It was so well organized. I want to do it again every weekend. <laughs> yeah. So uh, next drag- year, I'll ne- join you next year. All right, excellent. Uh, you yeah. have that. It's yeah, going to every- be an epic adventure. Audience, you've heard it. So, uh, audience of three, the three of us that are in the room, <laughs> the only audience. Uh, but it's on record that Nicholas has committed to yeah. doing it, so we can sue him. For not showing oh, up now, well, like yeah, you know, you, I mean, you, you signed. I'll be there. This. How about this? Yeah, I'll be. You there. need to. You need to. And we're gonna do it longer too. We're gonna. We're gonna stay the whole five days. It's a five day event, and we Ooh, only stay for two and a half. I, I, I'm committed right now to doing all five days. I'm, hmm. I'm definitely gonna book that off. Yeah. Well, by this time next year, you know, we'll be yeah. like. 
Orlando will be in stride. Yeah. We'll be recording we a must. podcast from... Yeah, we'll be retired there. and just cashing in on our iTunes money. <laughs> uh, and all of that going right into buying more models that's and it. books and games. We'll convince people to finance our lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, so, yeah, here we are. We're recording a podcast. And I feel like my ability as like a, a podcaster is to just take whatever fun conversation we're having and just bring it to a screeching halt with my narration of our conversation. I'll probably delete all this afterwards. What's nice about being the one that also edits it is that I can like make my sound, myself sound super smart. <clears throat> right. Yeah. What were you saying the other day? You know, the little ums and the... Yeah. <clears throat> like... And the, and the uh, mouth pops. Uh, like, you know, uh, that's, yeah, you're not going to yeah. hear that from me. I'm going to, like, other than me saying that right now, I'm deleting every other time I say it. I'm going to sound super smart. Right. Whereas, like, Mark and I, you're going you're, you're gonna to add that to our part. Exactly. And you're going to add like, everything you cut uh, out to ours. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to double like yours. Drooling, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> drooling trolls. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I would like to also add that I, I, whatever the date is today, today is technically National Beer Day. Mm. Yeah, so who cares what number the day yeah, is? Yeah, who cares? Yeah, it's whatever. National Beer Day, and we exactly. are we are drinking beer. My wife has this Alabama whiskey that she's mm. excited about, so she's been handing that to us uh, throughout the evening. So we've already had some of those. Not quite beer, but just as enjoyable. Yeah. Yes, oh, it went down a little too easy. A little too easy. I, I, and I got my favorite beer tonight. Which, Which is, is? Uh, Rogue Dead Guy. Yes, oh, very that's nice. That's a good one. Yeah, the Rogue Dead Guy. So Where's that from? Uh, Oregon. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oregon. That's Oregon. Awesome. That's a place. I know lots of people who go visit, and uh, they just don't come back. Yeah. Wow. Because <laughs> they decided, no, I'm just staying. Oh, yeah. they don't die. Uh, yeah. No, no, no <laughs> they, they don't they die. They're just the having too guy. much of a good time oh, up okay. there. So, yeah. Okay. So, you know, with uh, playing hide-and-go-seek in uh, libraries or whatever... Is that what they do in Oregon? Is that what is that from? No, I know, I know from that from Portlandia. Oh, that's like yeah. one of the episodes. <laughs> and the and the old show. lady is like looking down at the girl that's like hiding beneath the table that she's reading her book at, and she's like, "Get a life." <laughs> <laughs> the librarian telling her. And the I feel like that moment is like me and my interests. You know, there's probably like you know somebody older than me, like my dad or an older brother, that's just like. Get a life. Yeah. What you're doing right now that brings you so much joy, they think is pointless and a waste. Mm-hmm. I don't, I feel like, but I feel like this is a new day and a new dawn where like people are realizing that, you know, what, what was regarded as a pointless waste of time 20 years ago is now reali- people realizing like, this is really fun. I really want to engage yeah. in this. And that's like why D&D is so popular and why... These war games are so popular. People are realizing, like, yeah, this is good. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. sure. No, no, no. I agree wholeheartedly. I mean, I mean, what does it promote? You know, it's uh, team building, you know, uh, problem solving. Uh, leadership skills. Yeah, leadership, exactly. Math skills. Math skills and as it's well. A, it's cinematic. It's Absolutely. a storytelling. And it's that's a what it game. is. And that's for me. I mean, it's, story is key. What do you mm-hmm. want to leave behind? Right. What, what is your legacy? You want you want people to, you know, your 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 relatives to be able to, you know, go around the the Thanksgiving table or whatever holiday it is and be able to tell that story about you and have that cinematic quality about you and 
I believe, you know, with that, you know, you're eternal. So, you know, yeah. it's, it's all about the story. It's all yeah. about the story. You're making stories with friends like this, you know, that you can talk about years ago, right. you know, years from now, and just uh, be able to enjoy and laugh about, you know, and uh, I think that's amazing. Yeah. It is. It really is. I mean, just this past hour we spent talking about the D&D Open at Dragon Con and just... It, it's burned something into me. Like I that I I experienced that event. I, what what's great about these games is the combination of of the of these fantasy realms and the people at the table that's part that are part of your environment and they're sharing the story. And then you throw in the randomness of the dice and how the randomness of the dice change things. You know, like you think, oh, I've got this superhero character. It's easily going to win this thing, and then nope, they they roll low. And they fail. Like you've got this character. That's it's much this- like life. Yeah. <laughs> but you've got this like uh, wall crawler character that yeah. failed his role, and no, he can't. I mean, he just lays on his back when he's supposed to be run- climbing the walls yeah, to the rescue. Very true. Could like a four foot wall, totally defeated by it. Could not scale it whatsoever. Master rogue. Nope. Didn't it, happen. Yeah. So those little things that make the difference. And I feel yep. like you you brought up Thanksgiving. Like I feel like instead of. You know, watching football on Thanksgiving, people are going to sit around and be like, okay, we finished dinner. It's time to bring out the D&D or do our annual D&D Thanksgiving family match. D&D game. Yeah. What, what are you talking about? Interacting with one another and having I fun? Know. And, you know, not dozing off. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> dozing off watching football. Right. And like, it's just the same thing every year. Instead of it's like, hey... Remember, you're bringing back your character from last year. Yeah. Grandma, come on, get your rogue out. Exactly. You know, it's time to assassinate yeah. the prince. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that makes me think right now, like, what do you guys do for Thanksgiving? For me? Yeah. Well, I, uh, you know, we do the family dinner. And then, the well, the last couple of years, we, we, we would wait until our bodies recovered. And then we would have second dinner, like hobbits. Correct. No, no, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Second Z's. Right? Second yeah. Days, yeah. A hi- it's a Hobbit holiday. It honestly. is. It really <laughs> is. It. It's it truly great is. Because yeah. you eat yeah. it like dinner happens at like two or three mm-hmm. in the afternoon, which is weird. Never usually, right? Yeah. Except, yeah. you know, on Hobbit Day. On Hobbit so day. on Hobbit Day, you have two, three dinner, and then you kind of like go back to the fridge around, you know, seven or eight or nine p.m. And you're like, hey, well, uh, let's bring back out the turkey. I'm really liking Hobbit Day. Yeah. Thanksgiving now is going to be Hobbit Day. <laughs> We're going to watch Lord of the Rings. Oh. Well, well, now that the Black Friday thing has like enveloped Thanksgiving evening, uh, yeah. But that feels like also like a Hobbit thing. Like I have to like climb the Misty Mountain to get a better cell phone. Oh yeah, so it's, it's like, a quest. It is a quest. <laughs> it's a you quest. don't know. You have to be careful. Like yeah. uh, that's the yeah. d- that that that's how the dwarves of Hobbit Day celebrate. Yeah, yeah the dwarves. Exactly. They yeah. they're they're like fighting other dwarves for fighting the better smart for screen TV. Exactly, or, or that crock pot that they can <laughs> just you know <laughs> they, they can just set it and forget it. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, no, so, exactly. Yeah, d- d- does that make like Walmart smog? Uh, I feel like smog is that oh. like just the mass of hateful humanity Mm. that wants to just destroy your happiness because they need two crock pots exactly (laughs) yeah so no 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 walmart is not smog Uh, no walmart Walmart is is way worse yeah (laughs) yeah walmart is misty mountain 
Exactly. And you, once you get in, right? Yeah. Because you wait till that certain that magical moment mm-hmm. where the sun shine or the the moon shines at the right because it's at the right it's time. The, the last light of Durin's day. Yeah. Or whatever. Right. The and last then, yeah. moon of autumn. Yeah. So they figure out it's the moon. So yeah. So the moon shines in. The Walmart doors open and. And that's yeah. when everybody floods and uh, exactly. tramples each other. Yeah. So where's yeah. the, the, the Balrog yeah. come in? They delve too greedily, mm. too deep. Yeah. That's later yeah. when um, the law or the, the lawsuits come up, <laughs> right? From people <laughs> getting all the people trampled, been trampled and yeah. different things like that. Yeah. 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 And then they get, you know. That's they, not Lake Town getting destroyed <laughs> by yeah, smog. No, exactly. I, I don't know if I can come up with any more Hobbit. Nope. Like dwarf. So what I'm going to say Black here Friday. to move on is uh, look at your Thanksgiving weeks and let's see if Maybe that makes plan ahead. Let's make a let's yeah. make a new tradition for Thanksgiving. I would, I would love like to have a Thanksgiving D and D gaming That'd tradition. Be awesome. Maybe just like a one off. You know, yeah. just a one off. Just have to one off. You know, it doesn't have to be a you know continuous you know campaign no. or anything like that. Uh, but just do a little one off. You know what I miss? What Dungeon Magazine? Oh, oh. yes. And I have all of them under my bed. And I'm going to have to share with all of you. So, yes, but glorious things. So uh, we might have to pull those out and peruse through them and I see what kind of that. adventures we might can. Uh, you so know, your son probably, like, heard from other kids and what their dads have under the bed yeah. and the magazines. Mm-hmm. And then he comes mm-hmm. home and he's yeah. like, whoa, what's my dad have under yeah. the bed? And <laughs> Dragon like and Dungeon Magazines. Like, dude, dad, seriously. And, and, and literally <laughs> I have a milk crate with the box crates of uh, Greyhawk Adventures, Spelljammer, uh, all one those. Cool, one cool dad right one there. One cool yeah. dad, yeah. And I feel like yeah, at I some point. Any Pamela in... Anderson, anything under there. Is, oh, I'm sorry, son. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like at one point in the history of Earth, that there were two different dungeon magazines and with very different <laughs> purposes. <laughs> oh, all yeah, right, very okay. true. Yeah, yeah. so yep. you never know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, dungeon magazine. There were okay. So if you don't know D and D in the '90s or previous to that, there were two D and D magazines that were it was '80s actually. It was, it was Dragon Magazine uh-huh. and it was also Dungeon Magazine. And Dungeon came after Dragon, but Dragon was the mainstay. Dragon was the informative uh, uh, where to go for all of your updated, you know, D and D needs. Um, a lot, a lot of times they had special articles on, you know, uh, new classes, new, new abilities, you know, it was basically like your, you know, monthly supplement to the mm-hmm. game. Dungeon magazine was basically like little one-offs, little it, like flavor that you could throw out there for your uh, campaign and, uh, just do these, uh, you know, epic adventures and, uh, just be, it wouldn't be like, you know, a full campaign it would be just these little side adventures, you know, and it was, it was for all sorts of characters, all sorts of, you know, levels. And it was, uh, absolutely amazing. So much fun. So amazing, talented writers and creators that put, I, I can't imagine how many pages into these two magazines. Oh yeah. yeah. I want to say. I, I can't even guess. I, I want to say Dragon had 200 issues. Well, and Dungeon, yeah. like 150 before yeah. they stopped being magazines. I know that Dragon Magazine, I'm pretty sure Dragon Magazine is still being produced under the guise of the Dragon Plus yes. website. So it's yeah. still the same so, magazine yeah. format, yeah. but completely digital. And, and, and we are like the generation that's saying goodbye, analog, goodbye, paper. Yeah. You know, all these yeah. things are produced digitally, but you can't 
hold it in your hand. You don't have it like stuck under your bed, like you're right. saying, no, for exactly. the next generation yeah. to find and learn. And no. I have such a love hate relationship with that. Yeah. Because I love the physical book. I love turning the pages. I love looking at the pictures. For some reason, for me, looking at um, a picture on paper just, just like feels so good. Yeah. And then, you know, but when I'm, um, you know, grabbing all of my Warhammer books together to go play a game, it's like, you know, I need to grab it. Like now I need like five books. Yeah, it's you know? true. And, and I, get, I, I, I got to take those like in my bag right now. I got mm-hmm. five books. And it's like, that's a lot of books just to it take. Is. Even if you just go to your local gaming store, right? Mm-hmm. And you go to play, you got to take five books with you. Like, yeah. You don't even have enough table space to open five books at this, one time. This current Warhammer 2nd Edition is cumbersome. I it's a little, love it. It's, I, I love the game. I mm-hmm. love where it's going. It's a little sloppy with how many books we have right now. Yeah, and it's, it's something to overcome and, and sharpen down to something manageable. And, and because it's going to be probably another decade before we're all committed to being purely digital, but that's also a scary thought. I mean, not, not to get too post-apocalyptic, but everybody's read Fahrenheit 451. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when all the books are gone... All knowledge is manageable. You know, all knowledge is fluid. Uh, It's scary to me to think that I could have an e-reader that the publisher can edit anytime they want. Mm -hmm. So I can read a book and the publisher can go in and change it in the only way I possess the book. So uh, that's my dystopian part of our conversation about gaming. (laughs) Unless you turn off the Wi-Fi. If you turn off the Wi-Fi. Or turn off the data, whatever it is. That's why they have the... The, the fire department that comes and burns all your books and oh. or e-readers. <laughs> yeah, there you e-readers go. Going yep. in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, I I didn't actually grow up with D and D. I actually didn't get into D and D until I think I played the first game with you. Wow, oh. you didn't play any RPGs before that. Um, in in college, I played like online RPG. Mm-hmm. I I played the Star Wars one. Yeah, and then um, yeah, but Lord video of the Rings RPGs aren't the same. They're not like the tabletop. same at all. Wow, no yeah. I had no idea I was and your first. I had uh, um, well, I grew up in a Christian home. Oh, and, well, yeah. You know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm not going to go you know down the, the that road. Other there, than the there's fact a that bias. There's a bias, and so you know. I grew up in a in a space where it was like no D and D because of whatever the eighties scare of D and D was. You yeah, know? that the I, satanic I didn't even know panic. About it. Yeah, was it just powerful. wasn't. Yeah, it was even like I had a, a video game that I had bought, you know, from a game store, uh, you know, get some GameStop or whatever, Babbage's or something, <clears throat> and it was oh, like Babbage's. Yeah. I remember them. Oh man, and. Uh, <laughs> And it, it said at the bottom from the makers of D or of Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. And it was just some video, you know, RPG game. And uh, you know, my parents, you know, told me like, you can't play that. And I was <laughs> so like, amazing. What? You know? Uh so that's a whole nother conversation. But, you know, so because of that, you know, we never did anything D and D. But now that I'm in D and D, you know, like playing with you guys, you know, and then and then uh um I'm just like, what's the difference? 
There's no difference. There's no difference. It's just fantasy. It's yeah. just fun. You know, if, if we were playing D&D and our fantasy was, hey, let's go town to town and, like, murder the children, you know, then, like, oh, you know, that sounds like a satanic kind of game. Yeah. But that's because the people playing it are bringing their evil hatred to it. If we're playing, you know, we're playing our, like, heroes that are rescuing the city, yeah. there's nothing evil about that. That's genuine goodness, you know, and we're... We're teaching morality to each other. You, you walk into these games where none of the people we're talking about actually exist. None of them. But you you get in these moral situations where you have to decide about, you know, do I kill this person or do the, I let them go? Do I rescue this person or do I escape with my own safety? These moral conundrums are, you yeah. know, what like really, really show what people value, you know? But even in that, like in a, in the world of Warhammer, yeah, who is the good guy? Yeah, let's bring it back to Warhammer yeah, because there is no, no moral no high ground anywhere in this one. game. Yeah, and, and and so who knows? Maybe I chose the game that has no good guy. But Warhammer, it's like right now in forty k, I play Chaos Space Marines. Yeah, and you know I'm I've I've, I've I've been reading through Horus Heresy. I've been you know like all this stuff. It's like you know. I can look at it, like you can look at it and you can go like, what about these, you know, these chaos and they're just like slaughtering people and they're like doing this for the name of K, you know, whatever God that they, you know, that they, you know, that, that, that they, that they assign themselves to or whatever it is. And it's like, yeah, but what about people that are doing it in the name of the emperor? They're just yeah. going out and killing the Xenos. You know what I mean? And it's just one big, you know, racist, bigoted pot of people fighting each other. And it's yeah. like, nobody's the good guy. So that Excuse reminded me. me. Oh, well, go ahead, Mark. All a matter of perspective. Perspective. Yeah. yeah. For us and our niche into Warhammer and the reason yeah. to listen to a podcast like this is because we're going to dive into a lot of the narrative and a lot of the story mm -hmm. and a lot of that cinematic cuz we're all we all come from cinema in some sense in like some we sense. all come from you know wherever we were in our jobs at one time yes mm -hmm. we did that and that's like a like to us we love the story it's yep. powerful yeah that's what it's all about to me. like without story i mean why what what's the point there's no point you know, there really isn't if you're not going to walk away talking about what happened I mean, that's what the story is. Yeah. The story is what happened. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of opportunity now with them fleshing out Age of Sigmar a little bit more. Oh, this is what I Giving love. us yeah. some backstory. Yep. And so we've been spending the time going through the realms, which I think is super key for because they've they've built in the, the ability for you and your army to identify what realm you came from. And so for me, learning about those realms, you get to learn about where you want to come from mm -hmm. in that whole process like where did your army come from why that narrative is key and i and i know we're gonna like build in like like we're gonna work ourselves into some different storylines some skirmish battles some you know role-playing some larger you know battles like pitched battles and stuff like that but i don't i i just feel like that story that narrative it's just gonna be key to for me, keeping interest. Absolutely. And like the thinking about it mathematically. Okay. So you pick your faction, 
right? So you say carriage and overlords. Then after you pick carriage and overlords, then you pick what, um, it's not realm. No, uh, you pick a realm they're from. Right. But you also pick a like port. Uh, like a sky port. A sky would port. would be like, kind of like in, your, in the allegiance of Karjan Overlords. So you pick an yeah. allegiance, you pick a sky port, then you pick a realm they're from, and then you pick what units you include in your army. Mathematically, with all those differences, and then, then you throw in allies, mm-hmm. no two armies are ever going to be the same. And that's what we're looking... Like, that's that, to me, is all of a sudden what the second edition opened up. Yeah. Can, the can that it opened up was like... All of a sudden, now our armies can be more diverse. Yep. You know, they can have that ability to build in, mm-hmm. you know, like, why does my guy, why does my army have this specific build? Yeah. And that's key. Yeah. And you can, you can create that story for that. There's no chance in this game that you're going to line up opposite another person and have the exact same army. There mm-hmm. is no chance. Right. Unless you both just bought the army at the same time broke them out of the package and like sticky tack them together to right. play each other, uh, which is not the person any of us want to play against. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it's like, okay, well then maybe you're just like, like a local squabble squabble. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but like, it's, it's like two people facing each other across a table with our armies. Nobody wants to face that. We want to yeah. face the army that has a name, has, has a city they're from, has a realm they're from. Has their own unique models with artifacts. Like, yeah, you throw in the artifacts and the spells and the the endless spells. I mean, there's so much, and you play in different realms. Yep. And to me, it gives you something to build a story around. Absolutely. Something to fight for. Yeah. And if there's nothing to fight for, then it's like you know, then you're just like, there's a lot of you know. I love. I love, you know, like there's a local guy that just won the Nova Open mm-hmm. and, you know, from Orlando. And that's awesome. You know, I love rallying behind that. Like, yeah, that's great. That's so cool. That's awesome. But, you know, aside from that, let's say you're not playing a tournament for the other 363 days of your year. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you play 10 tournaments a year. Great. Well, there's still a lot of other days where you're not playing a tournament. Maybe you want to shake it up a little bit and, and, and have a little bit of fun. Yeah. And in that fun, what are you going to do? You know? And I think this helps provide the ability for you to create some sort of recurring themes, story, whatever it might be. Like, come back to the table with your friends the next week, pick up where you left off, just like D&D. Yeah. Definitely not stagnant. It really isn't. Nothing about it. Ongoing, building, story. So I feel like we've, uh, we've rambled on long enough. Yeah. Let's uh, take a break, and then we're going to talk about the realm of what? Metal! Full of transmutations and alchemical wonders, Shaman is a realm where impermanence is the only certainty. Blessed with riches beyond the wildest imaginings of misers and kings, it promises immeasurable power to those who can harness its resources. Zinch covets this realm and the region known as the Spiral Crux in particular. All right, guys, what are we drinking? We are drinking my favorite beer and on what? the National Day of Beer, right? It is. It's National Beer Day. National That's awesome. Beer Day. Yeah. Of course. 
Uh, and what beer is that? Rogue Dead Guy. Do you want to read the uh, flavor text for the can? Oh, geez. <clears throat> you know, I think you should do it, Mark. Oh, my. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Dead Guy Ale. Rogue. Gratefully dedicated to the rogue in each of us. I agree with that. Dead Guy Ale is a Maybach-style ale with a robust malt profile and a sweetness that is balanced by the liberal use of bittering hops. Dare. Risk. Dream. Alcohol, 6.8 by volume. <laughs> I like we that. Don't, we don't worry about that. Dare. Risk. Dream. Right. It's right. that Cheers. much better now. Cheers to Cheers. that. Thank you, Mark. Rogue Dead Guy. Excellent. Yep. And it's a nice beer. Good brew. Mm-hmm. It's or, a little, you know, it's it, it's one of those beers where it's like, I don't buy $13 six-packs off the shelf. Yeah. Like on, on you know, uh, weekly or monthly or whatever. It's, it's it's you know, I did it for tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah, a it's special a special night. night. When there's some more... Uh, dead guy, I'm going to belch into the microphone some more, and that's going to be the rest of our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, why are we really here this evening? We've, we've bullshitted long enough. Yeah, and uh, here we are. Um, what do we got in front of us, Mark? We have, uh, right now, page 102 open up. 102 of what? Uh, 102 of... Oh, you're oh you're counting how many pages uh, yeah, total? Three hundred and twenty. Oh. That's uh, we have page one hundred and two of three hundred twenty. Of what? Of of the Christian Bible. That's what we're looking at right now. Exactly. So this is the core book, the definitive guide to the world's greatest fantasy miniatures game. Glorious. It really is a fantastic book. I know we've been talking about a lot. So we talked a lot about the Realm of Fire. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, Mark, unfortunately, you weren't here when Nicholas mm-hmm. and I talked about Gyran, the realm of life. Yeah. But now we are in Chamon, the realm of metal. Yes, flying V guitars for everyone. Yes, I cannot hit a high note to save my fucking life. But Nicholas just hit this awesome high note that I am going to sample and repeat. Anytime anyone says you need to. metal, metal. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> perfect. All right, here we are in uh, Chamon, the realm of metal. And what does Michael Jackson say? Chamon. <laughs> that's it. That's, that's uh, Chamon, the realm of metal. So this one is another one that, if, if it weren't for this book, when they say the realm of metal, I'm just picturing people on like. Frying pans. They're just walking around on frying pans day to day. My my village is on a frying pan. My I'm on a I live on a con, on a metal slab. Mm-hmm. You know, like you yep. picture in those neighborhoods where they have like it's the, not it, it it's it's glossy. It's not matte finish at all. No, no, no. It's diamond plate city of metal. That's that's where I live. Like Teflon. Like, like you know, Teflon. there's I the city, the city of, Teflon. of Teflon. There's the city of Emerald, like the Emerald City. Oh, know. that's a Wizard of Oz reference. Every day of your life, there's going to be a Wizard of Oz reference. No matter where you are or who you are, every day of your life, you are going to hear a reference to the Wizard of Oz. Anyway, moving on. Yep. Yep. Emerald City. So I, 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 I think we need a little intro here. What do you got for us, Mark? A land of jagged coastlines and sharp promontories. The spiral crux was once a land of order 
an unbound creation. Since it caught the eye of the dark god Zinch, the crux has been visited by a grand cataclysm, twisted into a labyrinth of impossible landscapes long abandoned by the Duarden empires who once called it home. Here we are. So, The Realm of Metal, Mark did a great, just impermanent reading of... Impermanence. Exactly. Impermanence. Yeah. Imper- I, I can say it now. Word. I couldn't say it while I was Impermience. reading Impermanence. Impermanence. <laughs> All right, so we are talking about the realm of metal, which, again, like, we're talking about these different realms, and, the, okay, the realm of metal. What the fuck does that mean? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. what I, is it? I, I just yeah. think of, like, giant stages and everybody throwing goat horns, and, you know, it's like Aussies ah! on stage right now. <laughs> and, and do it again. Ah! Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah! Yes, like, yes. It's like every metal All band you ever heard of is like on the ramparts yeah, of every city. Exactly. Just like of, It's just like a battle of the bands, yeah. planet-wide. Oh, yeah, lots of that like noodly <laughs> guitaring. Oh Why yeah. don't you have oh a band? God. You should be just doing <laughs> exactly. that. You should, you should be just do a, that. Yeah, you should be well, going like around town doing a backup singer. I can't, I can't hit a fucking high note. I don't know, no. like... Uh, music at all, but this is like my range. Oh, that's my entire musical range that you just heard right there. I cannot, but you do it again. Ah, yeah. ah, oh my god, you're like Jack Black. You nailed it. <laughs> Mark, what's my thing right now? All right, so <laughs> sorry, but we're back to let's talk about Age of Sigmar and the Realm of let's Metal, which is yes. also called Chump Moan, and, and which sounds like. <laughs> exactly. All right. So when reading this, th- there's two species that just stand out. I would say is Duarden. Uh huh. Yeah. And Zinch. Duarden Zinch. Zinch. Is, is Zinch a race? Zinch is a a group of well, a group. demons. That's, that's a group. not exactly that's a race. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Demon race. Demon race. Then, okay. All right. I, yeah. I see that. Yeah. They got beaks. Right, exactly. They got feathers. They got. They got they, everything. They change. Yeah. They're clothes. fancy. Yeah. 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 They're, they're they're fond of change. Exactly. Yeah. Which is what this realm is all about, right? Yeah. It's all yeah. about changing, all about this this just pulsing change ever so, ebbing. You know how I am about like associating the different realms with our own planets and our own solar system. This is Mercury. Like Mercury so, yeah. is a metal that, like, yeah, as soon as the temperature no, exactly. changes, Mercury is moving. It's moving yeah, all over yeah. the place. The slightest change in temperature, and Mercury is changing. Yeah, this is this is the realm of change. And reading about the history of Chamon, what, what what stood out to you guys? You know, it, it's got like that typical kind of like unknown terrain about it in a sense where they they talk about it and i don't really understand fully what it is it's fantastic it's fantastic and they, so they talk about these different like they these these different lands and sublands and different things like that and how they're connected really all i think it is is there's these different continents mm-hmm. and they're all out there in this realm and they're all connected by water probably but in this specific area that they focus on is the uh, spiral crux. Yeah. And so the spiral crux is kind of where everything happens. Um, that is notable, I guess, for the, the writers of this story. And so this is where like, the shit goes down. 
And mm-hmm. of course, everything revolves around the the center of the spiral crux. Um, you know, to me, I guess what's stood out was, you know, like obviously there's the three parts of it, but really that God beast. A God beast. Was he called the something load? The load Griffin. Yeah, man. He sounds like you hear like lodestone and like, this is the load Griffin. He's like this magnetized dragon. Who's like sucking everything into him. And he's like, like absorb all the metal. He's, yeah. yeah, he seems like the really the kind of the kind of the the central part of this. He's the catalyst. He's the catalyst, one that like yeah. breaks the shit down. The Dwarden had this locked. The realm of metal was uh, not. Yeah, it was Grimnir or uh, Grungni. Grungni came Grung- in and he did. You know, he built some stuff. He built he, the his wonders. Great works. Of, however, nine, ten, twelve wonders of the of this realm or whatever it was, and then. He kind of like went back to help Sigmar. Yeah, fucking and Sigmar. Just left, left the realm to kind of just do what it was going to do naturally. Yeah. yeah. And then this god beast decides to make it its home, and becomes, like much like Smog in the Hobbit. Yeah, but like all of a sudden that god beast is like the center of the universe, and everything is all of a sudden revolving and being sucked into this. He's like, yeah, because he's got like a magnetic pole. He's this yeah. lodestone. He's he he he's so immense and and, and just so I, I don't want to say epic, but he 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 he's elemental, right? You know, like 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 metals are elemental. He he's just like absorbing everything into him. He's right, yeah, and so everything starts to kind of like form around him. And um, and then throughout all of that, of course, like the humans and the dwarves, they kind of like get along and then don't get along and then get along and don't get along. Um, but essentially, uh, through all of that, the dwarves just decide this sucks. Yeah. And it, I'm getting out of Dodge. There's there's a couple times it goes back and forth where the humans try to destroy them with their wizards and then the dwarves come at them and then like the dwarves finally take them out. But it's, yeah, this is where we get an untenable curse. And finally, when the god beast is destroyed, that's when Zinch just looks like there's nobody left to fight me. Right. So they, they create this force, they destroy the god beast, and then all of a sudden that opens the realm gate, essentially, to allow Zinch to just, like, um, <clears throat> invade this realm. And uh, and in that time, um, the dwarves have decided that like what they've mined and what they've done, it, they've just kind of exhausted everything, mm. and so they take into the skies. So this really is a realm of like, how did the Cardron Overlords begin? Yeah, this and, is it. Yeah, and so it's kind of like they did their thing. They did the the whole Grungni. Like this is what the old world was like. We're all doing this, and then all of a sudden they decided we need we like. We can't do this anymore, and so we can't they, live under these conditions. Yeah. And so they 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 just they find out that they can they can uh, escape to the skies um, by they, mining they, the ether gold. Ether gold. And with the ether gold, you know, they kind of because because Dwarden build things, they were able to build um, these machines that allowed them to power on ether gold. And float in the sky. So they built cities that floated in the sky. 
and then it's they, such an amazing concept. It is actually. It, it's really cool. It's, yeah. It, it, it's kind of like, you know, um, it's very steampunkish. Oh yeah. Um, you know, very uh, like Howl's Moving Castle mm-hmm. style. You know, uh, is kind of how I see this world. It's such a fun. It is fantasy sci-fi yeah. idea. And Zinch is such a fun, like adversary. Because they're foot slogging as much as they are disc riding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's where a lot of this is like, we're fighting in the skies, we're fighting on the ground. And it's interesting because throughout this kind of sort of like the age of chaos that kind of ensues when the god beast dies and and and, and the zinch kind of start to invade and take over, Um the humans that are left over just can't keep up. Yeah. And so the Zinch just kind of start taking over regions and regions and the humans kind of, kind of recall, like they kind of, they kind of go into hiding and, uh, the Zinch just kind of takes over the land. But the, the Dwarden are like, we're up in the sky and we're just going to protect ourselves up there. Yeah, and in gameplay, uh, one of the rules for the Dwarden really like sums up what's happening. Don't they get advantage or 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 some kind of uh, advantage against flyers? Yeah, so there's a lot of opportunities to add, um, you know, buffs against flyers, and there's opportunity to add buffs against like heroes and monsters and different things that that, that you just kind of see throughout. The realm of metal. Yeah, and that really sums up the fantasy that, like, that these Zinch, all these Zinch flyers and heroes, they just can't touch the Carriage and Overlords. They yeah. just can't come near them because they're just so dominant in the sky. Yeah. And so throughout that, they decided, like, all of a sudden, these, like, different cities and skyports and all the stuff created in the skies, and they were all different from each other, but then they all came together. And formed what they called the code, and so the card drawn have a code, kind of like the pirates' code. Yeah, and, and and they all kind of like work together, and they're all they all create these contracts, and that's how they kind of defeated Zinch, mm-hmm. essentially in the skies. And of course, Sigmar, Sigmar shows up. Yep, and so he comes in and he kind of cleans out the Zinch. Yeah, um, they kind of gain a foothold in a certain area. And then they kind of just spread from there. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then throughout the land, they kind of just keep pushing back, pushing back, pushing back Zinch. And then by the end of it, they're like, bam, Zinch is gone. And then all of a sudden, there's this like little tiny paragraph right at the end where it's like, oh, there's another like little place over here I've never noticed. <laughs> and what is that? Oh. I think it's Zinch. I think like still has like just a little bit of the realm of metal. Right. Left. Yeah. So they kind of like, um, you know, so they kind of covered the gamut and then still provided a little opportunity for Zinch. To- yeah. Like the, you can't quite get rid of them. Yeah. You can't keep a good demon down. Nope. 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 But um, I'm kind of surprised. Um, I didn't hear anything about Nagash. In Not the there's no metal. death metal. There's oh, oh man, death metal. Oh man, that would have been, so been cool. awesome. Dun 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 dun. I mean, why don't we have any death uh, metal? Uh, <sighs> oh, we 
we need some Nagash Zinch Dwarden Death Metal. Oh, yeah, yeah, what a missed opportunity. Come yeah. on, come on, Games Workshop. Where's our Zinch Dwarden Death Metal? Yeah, just like, like this Sigmar. floating island that's like, hey, oh, there's Nagash and his army. Mark's disappointed. I'm very disappointed. Yeah. All right, so uh, why don't we take a break and we're going to talk about life in the realm of metal. Metal! Ah! All right, so uh, what realm are we talking about? Shaman, the realm of metal. Ah! Yes, yes, it's so amazing. The realm of metal. All right, so we talked about the wars between the Dwarden and the Zinch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the uh, new world on high, and how these like the new Dwarden cities, and how Sigmar has been the tiebreaker in all these like conflicts. You know, mm-hmm. he comes in and he's like, "Fuck you, chaos! I'm with these living things, and I'm gonna make the Dwarden like suck up to me, you know, because I'm the tiebreaker." Yeah. It's just like America in World War Two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but it's kind of like if. Like, when you read this, Grunny is called back to Azir to work on Sigmar's project, mm. essentially. The the Stormcast. I think so. Yeah. I, I think that's what they refer to here, because they're like, Grunny's like, he's got to go back to Azir. He's working on, you know, rebuilding, reforging, all that shit. And it's like, okay, so, you know, here's, here's this, like... It, it's a story written by Sigmarites. Again, yeah. And then, but the holes that I see are Sigmar, your your god has called back Grungni, who would, if he had stayed here, probably would have helped dwarves or Dwarden like survive. Yeah. Right now, Dwarden's in the realm of metal survive in the skies pulled him back and he had his own project and he's working on his own thing and he needed Grungni to help him which kind of seems a theme of Sigmar like a theme of Age of Sigmar is Grungni is always involved in the building of whatever Sigmar wants yeah he can't do it without him in every realm you always hear a little bit about Grungni and he's building something for Sigmar and in this realm, I feel like they got the brunt of the lack of a force in the realm to protect it, which was Grungni. This was Grungni's yeah. hometown. Yeah. If it weren't between, like, I think Grungni could have handled Zinch. It was when that, like, load dragon came in. and Yeah, Grungni, the- nef- or, or Grungni left, and then the load, dra- uh, the, the, the load griffin came in and... You know, there wasn't anything powerful enough to oppose him for so long. Yeah. And then finally when he left, it was so powerful that it created uh, the ability for, for you Zinch. know, Zinch yeah. to step in. Yeah, create an then, opening. And then now here's this, like, disease to the land, um, if you look at it from this angle. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you're a Chaos player... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then maybe it's not so much of a disease no, brought into the land. It's a blessing. Yeah, okay. What I like about all these like evil deities, it, it comes up with corn, it comes up with Nurgle, and in this one in the realm of metal, it's about Zinch being the god of change. He's whispering to the 
to the downtrodden. Cool. He's whispering yeah. to the poor, the people that are oppressed, yeah. like, "Hey, you want to overthrow these like rich and powerful? <clears throat> Give yourself over to me, Zinch, and I will like I'll provide I'll make change. Change. Exactly. change, and that's what yeah. it all is. It's like you want something to change. It's yeah. an inspiration. Just say you want it to." change and mm-hmm. they're like okay i will say change yep and then and when then you say it. change like Beetlejuice. turn into a beak the the whole realm of metal people became insanely rich and powerful by harvesting these like new metals that they found in this realm that of like unfathomable riches yeah, yeah, they want to be here because they they're the making value a in the fortune. Yeah. yeah, but there's still these oppressed people that aren't getting right. their share, their fair share of the wealth, and it's that. And they all become these like acolyte warriors. Yep, they and all. And I think that's how you see that meld of like, where did they get those human bodies that look normal mm-hmm. that aren't changed? They just they're humans that are fighting for Zinch, the yeah. acolyte guys, and it's like, yeah. Are. When you see the uh, the Silver Tower, because the Silver Tower does oh, come yeah. up in here. Because that's Sil- in this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So. The Silver Tower is part of the realm of metal. And that's and- awesome, because to beat the Lode Griffin, it required these nine um, mages to yeah. come together to cast these spells to, to, to basically uproot him and, and remove him. And... They all died except for one, and that one remaining mage ended up the, like re, like retreating to the sil- his his place of. Do you remember safety. what he was called? He is the Gaunt Summoner. Yeah, he's yes. the bad guy in the Silver Tower. Yep, and so now he becomes the Zinch like baddie. Yeah, he becomes the Zinch Mage baddie, mm. and he's the Gaunt Summoner. That the ga- that that game Silver Tower <coughs> is spun off of. Yeah, it's. And, it, I mean, he's part he of it. Has, the Silver Tower. The Silver yep. Tower is part of the realm of metal, and the Gaunt Summoner is mm-hmm. part of the Silver Tower, which is fantastic. Because I want to like bring that into our campaign. Yeah. If we're gonna if we're gonna play a campaign through the realm of metal, then yeah, let's fight our way through we the need, Silver Tower. We need some Gaunt. Like we like we need some Gaunt Summoner. We need some. Acolytes, we need some yeah. Zangor, you know. So that that brings the understanding of who these uh, these these acolytes are. They were they're they're people that were just like common people in the realm of metal that were like just fed up with the ruling class and were corrupted by Zinch mm-hmm. because they had nowhere else to go. They were, they yeah. could continue to be downtrodden, or they could find a way to rise up, and the only power available was chaos so we talked about this yes you know in 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 the last you know piece and now you know we're talking about humans again and their ability to like like they're everywhere right right here humans humans are like next to the skaven we're everywhere you're every yeah exactly you're everywhere and you're part of all these different processes and and different mixtures. With this one in particular, like with you know with Zinch, like the dwarves are not they're they're not affected by this. The dwarves retreat. So the Dwarden disappear. We don't see like 
One thing with Age of Sigmar, and it's kind of like with chaos and with death. I just don't know if like they don't want to make more molds or more screws. I think you're right. But it's all human-angled chaos and human-angled death. Where where are the where are the Dwarden skeletons? Or the uh, the elves? Or the, I mean, there's mention of halflings, hobbits mm-hmm. in this yep. like Warhammer world too. Right? Where are they? Well, but I mean, like, yeah. So like in the in in the molds of like, the, you know, um, these Zinch acolytes, they're all humans. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the dwarves, like the Dwarden, retreated, and they aren't a part of this. Great. But when we talk, you know, when we talk about Nagash and like raising up continents of undead, undead, they're just all human. Yeah, we don't see any other so uh, any other species represented in chaos of like of the chaos infected, not so the they're, chaos, they're, not the chaos, you know, born the chaos infected. There Does that aren't, make sense? Like, there you know aren't I mean? chaos dwarves that I are in canon, and they are part of the Forge world. Correct. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That, yep. That's canon. old world. Cast no, dwarves. but there there are. Have they brought them into this new? I believe they world? have. I believe yeah. there are, and I think there are a couple mentions of chaos dwarves. <clears throat> I can't bring them up right now, but the the chaos dwarves in the second edition. Okay. Book. Okay. So we haven't. We we, we just haven't gotten there yet. I, yeah, no. I, and I think that it's something that's just going to walk on the the threshold, the precipice of what we understand so long as, and, and this is purely commercial, so long as Forge World gets to keep making Chaos Dwarves, <laughs> they're going to exist and not yeah. exist in mm-hmm. the canon. You know, yeah. they're, they're part of the canon, but they're not something that's yeah. going to be like in the main second edition book. Yeah. But they're out there. And I do think there are. I love the concept of chaos dwarves, and I well, feel like I the too. fire slayers are chaos dwarves because they don't have to be good, but they are order. You know what I mean? But I feel like they're walking that razor's edge. Yeah, and that's the thing with order is too. It's like really like it's not necessarily good just because it's the staple of order. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah. keep bringing it back to that. It's so subjective. It's, yeah, yeah. The, the Dungeons and Dragons alignment concept. Oh, exactly, yeah. I could see a lot of narrative in that, in seeing that the Fire Slayers are like, who are they listening to? Mm-hmm. They think they're listening to Sigmar, or maybe they think they're listening to, you know, yeah, yeah, uh, not necessarily Grungni, but you know, they're listening to uh, Grimnir. I mm-hmm. think that's the, the and, and, the and Grimnir, who's like they dead, to. right? Yeah, so like, Grimnir is like. Just like with the Daughters of Cain, a lot of the Daughters of Cain think Cain is alive, but we know for a fact that Cain is dead and Marathi is just spreading the for concept. For now, they're like he. They, they, Cain, have, they, they have a way of bringing back gods yes, when it's convenient and, 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 or when, you know, all of a sudden it, it's like. Marathi what? holds a, like a, a stone. Don't quote me. Marathi holds an aspect of Cain that is like a physical embodiment of what was actually Cain. Okay. And she holds part of his power, but it's incomplete. The the god of death and murder, Cain, is n- no longer complete, but she holds some of his power. And as they worship Cain, she 
absorbs that okay. power. That's yeah. all this Marathi steel. So I definitely see that with Grimnir. That that people that worship Grimnir, that you know, there's people out there that can absorb that worship. Yeah. In the um Dungeons and Dragons Forgotten Realms, Faerun, uh pantheon of uh gods, their power was directly proportionate to their worshipers. The more people that worship these gods, the more powerful the mm-hmm. gods were. Yep. So the less the common people believed in these gods, the less powerful these gods were. And then these gods were at war with each other, and they would once one's power would wane, they would slay them and absorb the other followers and become more powerful. It was this great series of books. It was the uh, Time of Troubles, I think it was the series of books. It was mm-hmm. like Shattered, Shadowdale and Waterdeep, and I can't remember who the authors were, but it was it was a collaboration of D and D authors. It was a great series, the Avatar series, I think it was called. Mm-hmm. Loved it in the nineties, but I love the concept of these demigods only having as much power as their worshippers gave to them, oh, and yeah. like in like a real world concept, like in our own yeah. psychology, like our gods only have yeah. as much power as we give to them. It's fun myth- mythological concept. Yeah. So let's take a turn. Okay. And let's talk about how we <clears throat> perceive the realm of metal. Yeah. Yeah. The realm of metal. <laughs> That's awesome. So, <laughs> Absolutely awesome. Mark. Yes. How do you, on a tabletop, yes, perceive the realm of metal? What? I see this plane just, it, it, it seems like ever-changing, you know, it's and it's very zinch, you know, where, you know, just change is ever-present. Yeah, so the landscape, change. you know, I see is changing, you know, the, the, the horizon always changing. Um, it's just, uh, it's, it's very fascinating. I, How does I really that differ, like though, from yeah. the realm of fire? Because I think of fire as being this volcanic realm, right? These like shifting, exactly. yeah. you know. Yeah, well, t- uh, I see fire uh, as shifting and, and stuff. stuff. I see it more angry, you know. I see it more of you know a little, a little more like aggression in, in the realm of fire. Uh, the realm of metal, I see it more fluid, like you know, like you'd see like mercury, you know, the way it flows, yeah. and you know, it's it, it's a very fluid type motion, and that's how I see this this realm being. Right here, and I see how it, uh, you know, it attracts such a uh, Zinchian uh, force, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I, I, I absolutely think it's amazing. What about you, Nicholas? What do you think? Like, what do you think of like, what does this place look like? You know, I, I guess I feel like maybe it's what it would feel like to be up against the Rocky Mountains. Mm. Like you're up against a. Uh, you're just up against rock structures. You're up against all of a sudden, like, there's plain, and then there's this mountainous region that's going across, and it's it's a lot of rock. It's mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, it's a lot of mineral, different things like that. Um, but it's kind of, I would think, um, as the realm of metal, with the way that it's written, you know, with... Well, I, I would say there was was a lot of change with the god beast being in the middle, and that they said it would magnetized and pulled all these, you know, islands, kind of together and kind of uh, 
orbiting this magnetic field. But now that that god beast is dead, I don't know if it's necessarily flowing as much. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like it's been transformed because of that. And so it's caused a lot of these different, you know, rock structures to kind of jut out towards this central position. But um, I would say that I would kind of feel like that. Like it's going mm. up against the Rockies. Like mm. when I drove out, you know, I-70 towards Denver and I crossed from Kansas into Denver, it yeah. was like, oh, there's the Rockies. All of a sudden it's like, bam. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you went from this flat to there's the rocks. Yeah. So I, 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 I would wonder if that's kind of how I would feel about it. Uh, yeah, I can understand that. I, 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 in a physical world, it's hard for me to imagine what this place looks like based on the description too. Like when we were talking about the realm of fire, they talk about these lush landscapes that don't really come up in the dialogue in the second edition book about like what kind of you know, crops do people raise here? They they talk about mining and they being lush, not lush, but like insane, unimaginable riches in ores and metals. And that and and I get that. And if you have the access to the realm gates, being able to trade that back and forth. Yeah. It sounds really incredible and fantastic. But as far as like being at like a, a place in the human like a place on actual our earth. A real world place, I cannot, I cannot fathom it. I, I it's got to be this totally fantastic reality yeah. that I can't fully understand. I picture kind of like not the moon, but um, yeah, just a completely fantastic place. It's not necessarily like shiny metal, but like a like a a gray lead and like oh, yeah. just just space. Like I. I worked for a while in this one warehouse in the welding department, and just being in that department, everything was either the the gray concrete slab floor or these like sheets of different types of metal, and some of them were rusty and oxidized, and some of them were shiny aluminum. And we would, you know, we would shape them and melt them into different things for different types of uh, events or set pieces, and just. I, I picture just kind of living in that space, but that space being an entire planet that I can't even hmm. conceive, you know? Yeah. I love it. <laughs> oh, my I God. Love it. All right. Uh, favorite metal bands? Oh. I mean, I don't um, think they qualify as, like, totally metal, but White Zombie, absolutely. White, my... White Zombie is good. I yeah. have to say, uh, Ronnie James Dio. Dio. You know, there, there's been arguments, you know, the uh, the classic horns you know being thrown out they say that you know that was him right there i want to so. say like guar oh my god guar course fun war is like the like pre-warhammer warhammer mm, like yeah. Yeah. army like guar is like yeah the chaos army yeah, yeah. in warhammer like yeah. they would dress up like that when they went to their concerts, right? Yeah, and I, I like if anyone, if you have the opportunity to see a Guar show, please, for the love of corn, <laughs> go see a Guar show. Yes, yes. Oh and, and, man, it's amazing. And for the love of odorous too. For the love know? of so odorous, just, just continue it on because it's so we, so much fun. Yeah, you know. So and actually. Guar was actually playing at the first time I went to Dragon Con. Oh my god. They were actually playing on the stage, yes. And they yeah. were walking around in their whole, you know, get ups and stuff. So 
uh, absolutely awesome. It's fucking I, I amazing. I love them to death. That's so, great. Yeah. How do we um, translate this to the tabletop? Yes, that is a good question. That is a very good question. So let's let's talk about how our game creators have added rules to the game on how they think it should translate to the tabletop. Sounds good. In the ever-mutable realm of Chamon, the dawning of the Arcanum Optima was marked by an explosion of transmutative etheric energies, and wizards began to experiment with formulas for spells that were previously thought impossible. All right, so we are now talking about the uh, realm of metal. Realm of metal. Come ah! <laughs> on, let's the talk about the realm of metal. Realm of battle rules. So we there just we talked about the trom, uh, the transmutation <laughs> of lead. Yes, uh, that is the signature spell of the realm of metal. Uh, it's has cool. a, a yeah, it's pretty neat. Casting yeah. value of seven if successfully cast. Pick an enemy unit within eighteen inches of the caster that is visible to them. Until your next hero phase, have the move characteristic of the unit you picked. Rounding up. In addition, if the unit has a save characteristic up to plus three plus or four plus. Then until your next hero phase, you can re-roll hit rolls of one for attacks that target that unit. Well. So that, that that's a lot of words. There's a lot of words. Essentially to say what? That if your enemy unit is heavily armored, yeah. save roll, that uh-huh. you now have an advantage against heavily armored yeah. units. Transmutation right. of lead. Right. You can re-roll hit rolls of one. Mm-hmm. On those heavily armored units. True. Yeah. And Two this up, is three up and four. Up. And this is very similar to the old school realm of, or, or uh, lore of metal yeah. magic yes. rules. No, exactly. That yeah, keeps in the same theme. So the realm commands. What do those say there, Nicholas? The realm commands? Adapt or die. Warriors in the realm of metal quickly learn to adapt and evolve as the lands shift and meld. A wise general knows to harness this resilience and use it to ensure victory. You can use this command ability at the start of your hero phase. If you do so, pick a friendly unit within 3 inches of a friendly hero or 12 inches of your general. Until your next hero phase, roll a dice each time you allocate a wound or mortal wound to a model in the unit you picked on a 6-up. The wound is negated. So that's okay. It's a, it's a six up, like yeah, old school yeah. ward save. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Like you just get an extra yeah. six up save. Nah, all right. Realmscape features. Hoo-ah. So, yeah, the first one, the roll of one is always uh, worthless. It, it just means Simple nothing what? changes. Yeah. Simple. So, yeah. Okay. Nothing happens. Number two Iron Trees. Iron? Ironic. Iron. 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 And maybe that's my. Iron. I like the Iron Man. Canadian I, say say that. It. Iron Man. <laughs> Iron Man. Iron Trees. Iron Man. I'm sorry. Okay. I apologize. It's been so many dead guy ales that I've lost my my couth. So, you know, essentially, you just worsen the Ren characteristic of a weapon by one. Oh, worsens it. 
Yeah. So if you have a one rend weapon, it's now a two rend? Um, no, I think it's it, you worsen the rend characteristic. Oh, so if I have a one, one, it means nothing. Yeah, so if, okay. if, 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 if I have a two, it's now a minus now a one. two, it's yeah. now a minus one. Gotcha. It's so because it's rusted over. But in yes. this, no, to, that's to the next one. Note, to take note, oh. real quick, if it's a minus one, it goes to minus zero, which is different in the Warhammer world. You never go beyond one. Mm. In this one, it is. It is. If you have a minus one, it goes to minus zero. Gotcha. Hmm. Mark, what's the next one? It is Rust Plague. The terrain of this land has been infected with a plague that can cause armor to turn to rust in mere moments. So at the start of your hero phase, roll a dice. On a six-up, pick an enemy unit that is in cover. Mm-hmm. Subtract one from save rolls made for that unit for the rest of the battle. That's nice. So it like cancels out the cover because the yeah, cover totally. is like rusting no, their exactly. equipment. Yep. The next one is Steel Rain. The cold gray clouds in the skies above the battlefield can suddenly unleash a hail of steel rain. Uh, it's not like chocolate rain. It's a different song altogether. Not purple rain? Or, oh, or purple, purple rain, rain, which yeah. is like a much better song that's than either chocolate or steel. All right, steel rain. At the start of your hero phase, roll a dice. On a six-up, pick an enemy unit that is not in cover. Roll a dice for each model in that unit. Inflict one mortal wound for Whoa. each roll that is less than the unit's save characteristic. A save characteristic of dash counts as a six for the purpose of this roll. It's pretty nasty. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah, I'd say so. Steel rain. That's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. All right, who's next? All right, Brutal Isles. This region is so cold that weapons may shatter when they strike a target's armor, making well-protected opponents much more difficult to harm. Ignore the rend characteristic of all weapons for the duration of the battle. This, Ooh, yeah, this is a good is one to roll. Good, yeah. I mean, good or bad. Well, well, yeah, you're right. Yeah, like this is crazy powerful. Ignore the rend characteristic of weapons for the battle. If you built your army around reducing saves, oh, just nerfed. this is brutal. Just cut your nuts right off. Yeah. I mean, just yeah, think of those I armies. Throw limes at them. Um, like Seraphon, I <laughs> That's think. That's a separate have, story. <laughs> Seraphon have high armor saves, and to to reduce your weapons to no characteristic save. Yeah, these guys no are going to pack. I mean, these guys are going to last a while. Oh yeah, and like uh, definitely against the the Stormcast. Like, yeah. I mean, they're all about the high armor save. Uh, yeah, that the re- removing rend is is yeah just destroys. Yeah. All right, so the last one is Irresistible Force. Zinch covets the realm of metal, and his interference sometimes makes spellcasting more effective, but also more dangerous. If a casting roll is a double after rerolls, but before modifiers are applied, it is successful, even if the roll is less than the casting value of the spell being attempted. That's nice. And the spell cannot be unbound. After the effects of the spell have been carried out, each unit within three inches of the caster suffers one mortal wound. That's very old school. Yeah. Old school fantasy yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, yep. that was a miscast. So, like, yeah, Irresistible Force. Perfect. I mean, that's, that's the old school 8th edition thing. And it's very zinch. 
Yeah. You know, my my magic's happening. Whether yep. either of us likes it, you know, it, it's bad for everybody. It's good for me, but bad for everybody. Right. And that's yep. fine. Yeah. That's very zinch. I like the miscast. I miss oh, the yeah. It just created so much chaos. Oh, it's so much fun. Ah. There, I mean, there were there were armies that could take advantage of it. Like you would have that like level one wizard that had like a special magic item that yep. would like like pretty much guarantee a miscast. You would run up and cast a fireball with with an extra die for your casting value. And so you knew you were gonna probably get a miscast and hope you were gonna roll that high miscast and like Yeah. You didn't fireball care. and you blew explode. Up whatever, yeah. But. Yeah, yeah. It was it was like your you know kamikaze yeah. run. Yeah, your kamikaze wizard that would just run up and just do as much damage as possible around one. But it was so also fun to see that one wizard that was like so good and so important to and your so army important and then they would like cast the miscast and you're like yes <laughs> against him because against I'm, him. Uh, i was always dwarves so i never yeah you never had to worry about it <laughs> never had to have like i never had to worry about that but then i would be like yes miscast go it was oh it was always so much fun i mean that's what this game is so much about out. it's just the dice like i i could be this insanely powerful wizard but i just i just i rolled two sixes and that's game over this with like a, if i rolled an 11 man i would destroy some shit i rolled a 12 nope my days are over <laughs> yep yep and you guys just keep pouring the fucking shots that was me. Oh, no not me. it's not my fucking wife it's your treacherous yeah, my, wife my treacherous wife <laughs> My treacherous she demon will uh, pour us shots for no reason out of the blue. My wife is one of the most generous people I've ever met in my life. We we were trying to like while we are like still trying to record Haley, who is both a wonderful, beautiful person and one of the most heinous sadists I've ever met. She walked up with three shots of Jägermeister and put shots of Hager, Jäger, Hager, Jäger, Hagermeister, Hagermeister. It, it, it depends what country you're yeah. in. I, I, we I like to call it Bugmans. Yeah, but Bugman's here, brew. here in the realms of Sigmar, we call it Bugmans. Yes, yes, yes. So we have now some Jägermeister in our hands. Yeah, and Mark's fist bumping. There, there's daps, and we're and we're cheersing. That's it. We're cheersing our Bugman's brew in our hands while we're drunk and drinking. And ch- cheers one more time. Let, listen to those clashes. There we go. We got it. <laughs> Drink. There's so much more alcohol in my body. Uh, so what, what were we talking about? Okay. Now we're talking about the the spells of Chimone. Uh, uh, Nicholas, why don't you go first? I'll go second and Mark will go third. Rain of Lead. The wizard summons a rain of molten lead that burns the foe before solidifying to become dead weight. Dead weight. Rain of lead has a casting value of six. If successfully cast, pick an enemy unit within 18 inches of the caster that is visible to them. That unit suffers D3 mortal wounds. In addition, subtract one inch from that unit's move characteristic Ooh. until your next movement phase. That's pretty good. You know, like it's a nice little bad. nerf. You know, I, I can cause D3 wounds, which is <laughs> like the arcane bolt. You know, I can, I, one mortal wound. Yeah. On top of that, I can, you, yeah, slow, slow you down. down. The next one, Curse of Rust. The wizard causes the equipment of the enemy to age at an exponential rate. 
flaking away to nothing. See how I did that cold, Mark? Yeah, I mean, I hadn't read it before that. Yeah. Like, I just started reading that's it. Awesome. I just you did studied it. Like, this for like, three months. No, I've never. I've did. never you did because we I've never had three months. I, I did, but I never read it. that before today. So, you need, like, I just nailed it the first try. Curse of Rust. Curse of Rust has a casting value of seven. If successfully cast, pick an enemy unit within 12 inches of the caster that is visible to them. Subtract one from hit rolls and save rolls for the unit until your next hero phase. That's pretty good. You know, like, uh, seven up the cast, but subtract one from hit rolls and save rolls from the unit to the next hero phase. It could be, it could be big. It could be big. It could be really big, particularly if you're like if you're just gonna hang back mm-hmm. and your opponent's trying to get across the field to you. You can just like, nope, nope. It's gonna be you're gonna have to work to get to me. Mark, what's the molten gaze? Molten gaze? It's the wizard's eyes glow bright before projecting a stream of white hot metal over the enemy. Yeah. <laughs> yes, metal. <laughs> I'm gonna metal. St- I'm gonna stream of white hot metal. metal. <laughs> I just like saying metal. Metal. Uh, anyway, molten gaze has a casting value of six. If successfully cast, you pick a point on the battlefield within twelve inches of the caster that is visible to them and draw an imaginary straight line one millimeter wide between that point and the closest part of the caster. Each unit other than the caster has that has models passed across by this line suffers one mortal wound. So this, I do think, is very interesting. Wound? Wound. And one millimeter. One millimeter. But that's the thing what? that... Th- that's the what thing the f- that I think is really what important. What the hell? That, like, it hasn't come we're up We're metric? We are. Like, we were We were not it's metric. A- we were empirical with our inches yep. up until yes. now. I... I, I find it fascinating that we need to like hammer that down. That, that, that like before it was like just, join the rest of the world. No, like <laughs> one millimeter. But like seriously, like we used to just say, draw a line, draw a line, mm-hmm. yeah, draw, draw a line. line, yeah, yeah. And now it's like physically defined. That line is one millimeter wide, and it, this comes up again in other places where lines are now one one millimeter one wide. Millimeter. That's it. That's what a line is. That's fun. That's cool. <laughs> All right, so who's got rule of burning iron? I like that. Rule of burning iron. The wizard causes the foe's armor to heat up, roasting them inside their own war gear. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds fucking awful. Yeah. Oh, my God. The rule of burning iron has a casting value of eight, which is kind of high. That's high. Yeah, that's, a that's, high. that's a high, but still. If successfully cast... Pick an enemy unit within 12 inches of the caster that is visible to them. Roll a dice for each model in that unit. For each six up, that unit suffers one mortal wound. Ooh, for each so, model in the unit. You're, That's pretty right, good. You're only, you're only choosing the unit 12 inches away, but that doesn't mean the whole unit has to be 12 inches away. So this is like, I just have to be within 12 inches of your closest model. And then all of a sudden, I encompass the entire 
unit. So yeah. for those like it's great for those mobs. Yeah. So for those no, mobs no, exactly. of yeah, like Nurgle thirty man units that are snaking along mm-hmm. the whole field. You just have to be within twelve inches, and you encompass the entire thing. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. good. For and that. then roll a if you roll everyone you roll a six up for mortal wound. Bam. That's nice. That's yeah. really nice. And so on th- what thirty people on a six up, mm. you know, you're gonna at least get five or six deaths out of that. At least, yeah. So that's pretty good. The next one is the glittering robe. This is another one that's an old school from the yeah true the, the, that yeah. deck like right before the end times. I bought that. Big deck of cards that was all those yeah, spells. It was so great, and went nowhere. Fucking loved it. It was so cool. I maybe used half of them. Huh. Anyway, this there was one go. of them. Glittering robe. The wizard summons a coat of shifting liquid metal to encase their form. Glittering robe has a casting value of six. If successfully cast, reroll save rolls of one for the caster until your next hero phase. All right. Yeah. Reroll save rolls of one for the caster. If you want to keep your caster safe, yeah. you know, just one Sorry, of those. I mean, just like, but if we your have... caster is the big baddie, well, I mean, how's that? Know, reroll we... saves of one. That's pretty. That's off, pretty off, good. Yeah, but off the top of my head, I was different than Mystic Shield. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, okay, so it's like I have two Mystic Shields. Oh, so. okay, yeah. all right, or, all right, I can see that. So yeah, it's, all right. go into a total defensive stance. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Mystic okay. Shield for me. Glittering rose for you, and we're all re-rolling yep. once. All right. Transmutation. With a wave of their arm, the wizard transforms foes into immobile golden statues. Immobile? Immobile. <laughs> immobile. 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 <laughs> With a wave of their arm, the wizard transforms foes into immobile golden <laughs> <laughs> They're gloating statues. Gloating. Gloating. Tonight we are drinking a combination of Dead Guy Ale Rogue, and we are drinking some High Lie <laughs> and <laughs> India Pale Ale, and we are, we are drinking some Rockstar Sugar Free, and we are also drinking some. Jägermeister, which we call Bugmans. Anytime exactly. you talk about, you're talking about Bugmans. We're drinking Jägermeister, yeah. and we also had some delicious Alabama Ooh, whiskey. Alabama whiskey. Alabama whiskey. That was so good. It was Alabama so good. Whiskey. So smooth. It, it was so. so good, and that's yep. why we are transmutation afterwards of immobile bloating <laughs> statues. <laughs> Should, should, should right, we read it all, we all together, now. all at once? Here we go. Here Ready? We go. Yeah. And here we go. Transmutation with, with a wave of their arm. The wizard transforms into a mobile statues. Nailed it. First try. This is. We're so good. Transmutation has a. <laughs> but we're reading it all together. No, no, no. We can do this. No, it's no. your turn. You, no. Go, no. you got it. Words so, are you. So, so what do you have? So, so we're going to do that? Okay. So transmutation has a casting value of seven. If successfully cast, pick an enemy unit within 18 inches of the caster that is visible to them and roll three dice. For each roll that is greater than that unit's wounds characteristics, one model from that unit is slain. 
Oh. Slain. Slain, I say. Let's talk about the weapons and relics of Chamon on page 81 of the Malign Sorcery book. Which, you know, why can't we fucking download this book yet? I it, like if I yeah, okay. So say I'm never ever going to cast any of these spells mm. that require the model, the malign sorcery model. Say I'm never gonna fucking do it. But I might want these relics. I might want these weapons. Why why can't I get this book without spending the hundred dollars on the models or seventy five or whatever it is. Because you have to spend a hundred dollars on the models. I don't want the fucking models. I don't want. I, like I've already got this giant shelf of shame. And you have no option. <laughs> you must spend. They're a models company. That's what they said. The, yeah, <laughs> I know. But they like they like changed their course <laughs> and like and, and like redeemed my 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 love for the company when they when they turned. Back to being a gaming company. No, it was, uh, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, because like seriously, like I I love these malign sorcery models. True. I intend to keep buying the uh, living magic models that come True. out. You know, because I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna keep painting them, and I love them, and I love magic. But this book and these rules in this book, like if you have an army that doesn't have a single fucking wizard. There's rules in here you can use without needing those $75 worth of models. I have no wizards. Right. And you know what, you fuckers? You know what, Adam? Grow the fuck up. I'm going to grow the fuck up and yeah, just go, like... Twinkie. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sack up and sack I'm going to throw, th- throw my limes at your sack. First chance <laughs> throw, I get. Throw my, yeah, exactly. And whenever I get the chance, I'm going to share this. I showed you. Nicholas. 81. What? But me throwing lines at Mark Sack. I showed you my video? Okay, all right, good. You did. Page 81. All right. All right. I'll do the first one. It's Shemite Hidden Blade. Within this mundane-looking blade hides the spirit of an ancient and powerful weapon of old. Pick one of the bear's melee weapons to be Iben's Hidden Blade. If the hit roll for that weapon is six up, add one to the damage characteristic of the attack. Okay. Who cares? You get one, plus one damage. Plus one damage on a six up. On a six, on up. A six up. Yeah. yeah. Just, All right. That's Flowstone Blade. This weapon reforms as it is wielded, evading the foe's attempted parries. Pick one of the bear's melee weapons to be a Flowstone Blade. Each time you roll a hit roll of six up for this weapon, add one to the wound roll for that attacked. So it's kind of like, right. like, come on. Yeah, know. I mean, like, okay, are you pick gonna it. Okay, be... which which one of these two would you pick? Hey, are you going to be the Ibans or are you going to be the Flowstone yeah, Blade? Like, Flowstone. You like, <laughs> exactly. But, I mean, seriously, uh, if you had to pick, which one would you pick? Uh, I think I would do the add plus one to damage. Plus one to damage on a six or plus add one to the wound roll. I guess it depends on what kind of weapon you have. If yeah. you have a weapon that does multiple wounds and you need to land that wound, yeah. that's just one wound roll for multiple wounds, like multiple damage, then I could see the mul- the plus one. But for one that does like one one wound, one damage, 
You know what I mean? Mm. Then yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah. Not happening. All right, Mark, what's the next one? All right, the rune blade inscribed with ancient Dwarden runes. No armor can stop this blade. So pick one of the bearer's melee weapons to be a rune blade. That weapon has a rend characteristic of minus three. Fuck yeah! Holy shit! Oh, yeah. Duarden coming That's in for the awesome. piercing yeah. blast. Boom, I know, but then what if you anything. hit that, like, okay, I got my I like fucking this rune blade, and then I roll that, like, realm of battle rule that says... Ignore run characteristic. Well, then, you, oh, then that's it. Hell, that's a trump card. Yeah, but realm of metal killing my dwarden blade. That's minus where it works. three to the rend. Yeah, from nothing. Like just think of mm. uh, just think of you, uh, Adam, and okay. your death hat. Just think of you, my death or hag. your whatever the my hags, of that whatever. Is. Yeah, yeah, something hag. My hags. Um, they my get lovely like lady six hags. attacks. Yeah, on the hero. If they, they bring all the boys. Artifact. They bring all the boys to the yard. Minus three rend. That's that's some that's a pretty like. It's a pretty good rend. That's a pretty good rend right there. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you're like you're bringing, yeah, your rend. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, you can't. I mean, minus three rend's great. You know, I mean, I mean come yeah, on, yeah. seriously. Yeah, no, it is. Your minus three rend's great. What? How many attacks is that? Uh, I off the top of my head, like six. Yeah, I don't know. That's what I, I don't thinking. know. I don't know. Honestly, so let's say six attacks. It's like three up. Six. How do we all become wound? Minus three rend. At what point did we all become car salesmen during our reading <laughs> of this thing? I got you three rend hey, right here. Three hey, rend right here. Your, I'm gonna slap your, this your, three your rend. Two wound. Don't hey. forget the undercoat. Hey. <laughs> Yeah, but like I mean, uh, some some of my KO heroes. KO, K- <laughs> yo, K- KO. I got these KO guys, and they're like, <laughs> yo, I got like two attacks. What what I wouldn't give for three rend. <laughs> <laughs> right, but <laughs> but your death hag with six but, attacks. Yeah, she would give a lot more for. Th- <laughs> she would. Mm-hmm. She, on prom night, <laughs> she would give it all to your Dwarden. Don't worry, on prom night, don't worry about it. Wait, is that, is that her voice? No, that's that's my Dwarden buddy talking about <laughs> oh, my, yeah. my. This is this is me. Say, that might be her voice I was too. Say. This is me. I'm talking about my death hag sister, and trust me, buddy. Like on prom night, don't worry about it. Forget about it. <laughs> like forget about it. Bring your dwarden helm to to keep yourself safe. <laughs> she's been she's she's been around the realms. You know what I mean. <laughs> why why do you go next, Mark? Number four, four, four. The crucible of molten silver. So when thrown into the air. This crucible streams burning hot metal on those below. So once per battle, in your shooting phase, pick a point on the battlefield within nine inches of the bearer that is visible to them and draw an imaginary straight line that happens to be one millimeter wide. Are we fucking Canadians now? One (laughs) millimeter wide. (laughs) I thought we were in America. America. <laughs> there's inches, and there's nothing be- shorter than an inch. 
It's inches or nothing. Yeah, but you know, like one eighth of an inch. No, no, so yeah, one, nobody does that. One it's like there's of an inch, inch, and then there's zero. Yeah, there's zero, no, and then there's an inch. No, what the fuck is no, this millimeter bullshit? No, no millimeter. It's 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 a way it's to like go. We need two rulers. It's it's it's, yeah, a, it's God, a new world order. A new a new ruler. So one millimeter wide between that point and the closest part of the bearer. Each unit other than the bearer that has models passed across by this line suffers D three. Mortal wounds. So, hmm. you know, could kind of right. be these for, you, you know. Three mortal wounds. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty good. Shamanite uh, darts. I'll go ahead and do this one. Shamanite darts. With a mere thought, these shards can be projected at the foe where they penetrate even the toughest armor. Excuse me. I'm so, I'm so, I've had so many beers. I'm just going to keep belching off that mic. In your shooting phase, you can pick an enemy within eight inches of the bearer and roll six dice. For each six up, the enemy unit suffers one mortal wound. Mm. Shamanite darts. Yeah, it's like I got my, like, really I got my throwing, I got my throwing stars. Like, it's the old school assassin. The dark elves yeah. have that assassin that can do the yeah. same thing. Just like, <laughs> assassin darts. Like, this is going to happen once. If you're lucky, this is going to happen once yeah. in a game. Yeah, and true. You, well, and it maybe. just says in your shooting phase. It's not once a game. Yeah, but it's nine inches away or eight inches of the bearer. Like, that's how often are you within eight inches that you're not getting right. immediately killed? Right. So you're going to have you're maybe two turns max. Maybe. Maybe you can do this twice. Yeah. So you roll six dice. You get one out of six. You do one mortal wound. Next turn, you do it again. So that's two mortal wounds. Maybe you do two mortal wounds with yeah. this. Yeah. It's kind of All right, what's the next one? Argentine's Tooth. This bright blade is as deadly as the legendary silver worm itself. Pick one of the bear's melee weapons to be Argentine's Tooth. Reroll hit rolls of one for this weapon. You know, I mean, if you yeah. don't have that, then that's good. If you, if you got like a, a hitty hero... You know, it's going to be rolling a lot of attacks. Yeah. Particularly if you think you're going to be in fights all game. Like, you've got, like, a super tough hero. Like, what's your, what's your guy called? Your big demon demon hero guy. What's oh, he the called? Bloodthirster? The Bloodthirster. Yeah. yeah. Can you put this on a Bloodthirster? Like, one for this weapon. He can do that. Yeah. yeah like, I mean, that's, yeah. like, that's, like, no, that's exactly. usable. I mean, yeah, they're pretty good. I mean, all right. Towards anybody. What about the artifacts of power? Chamon, the realm of metal. Chamon. Chamon. All right, so number one, the Gilden Bane. This armor negates the properties of magical and artifacts nearby. So if an enemy model is the bearer of an artifact of power, they cannot use the rules for their artifact of power while they are within three inches of the bearer of Gildan Bane. Oh, you know, that's kind of fun. That is fun. Yeah, it like, be okay. upsetting. Hey, I got my artifact of power. I'm going to fuck up your day. What? No, you're going to have the Gildan Bane. Exactly. Ah, yeah. My day's ruined. Ain't happening. Ain't happening. Not, Not here. Uh, Argent armor. This gleaming plate blinds those that would strike the wearer. Subtract one from the rolls for attacks for melee weapons that target the bearer. That's, I mean, yeah, so, you're blinding your opponent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that makes that's sense. Pretty good. 
That's yeah. yeah the, you can't knock that. Minus one hit rolls. If you want this guy to stay alive, yep. whoever, not, not to be sexist, this person. I this would person to stay right. alive. I would say that's better than adding one to your hit rolls because, or re-rolling one. Not I'm sorry, not adding one to your hit rolls, but re-rolling ones to your hit rolls because. I think there's a lot of armies out there that allow you to re-roll ones. Mm, yeah, yeah, and true. This yeah, is yeah. like if you're re-rolling subtracting of yeah. the other one, which is like, who cares what the hell you have over there? This is going to mess you up. It's pretty good. Yeah. The next one, the Hydrox Skin Cloak. The enchanted barb skin of a Hydrox allows its wearer to soar through the air, slashing down all the foe, at, slashing down at the foe. Mm. All the while, the bearer can fly. <laughs> After the bearer has moved, you can pick a unit that has models that the bearer has passed across and roll a dice. On a three-up, that unit suffers D3 mortal wounds. This is Whoa. awesome. I love this. Hydrox yeah. skin cloak. All of a sudden, my hero can fly and just like... And cause sh- D3 mortal wounds. Fuck. On a three-up? Yeah. Yeah. It's like that time, you know, that you're hanging out and the bird crosses over and shits on your shoulder and you're like... Yeah. The turkey. WTF, mate. Turkey. No, not turkeys. They don't fly. No. Not turkeys, but you're but yeah. like... Man, that's it. Like WTF. you get the chance to fly, you get to fly over your enemies and do D three mortal wounds. Like. WTF, mate? That's something we say in the states all the time. Yeah, that's a normal <laughs> United States thing to say. WTF, mate? Uh, but yeah, seriously though, I, I could see take if I wasn't gonna pick anything else. I could see if I had a if I had a hero that didn't fly, I would take this absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right, the God Rot Helm. This large crested helm is said to have been forged by Grungni himself. Roll a dice each time you allocate a wound to the bearer. On a six up, the wound is negated. I like this. I mean, I know it's simple, and there's yeah. lots of different artifacts you can get that do oh, the same simple. thing. Yeah. But thematically, I love that it's forged by Grungni himself. Yeah, and on a six-up save, like that—that's so just, great for a dwarven hero to yeah, take. Yeah, true. Yeah, yep. You know, Grogni has passed this down to me and made me six-up uh, ward save. Six-up ward save, dwarf. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, yes. I'm really tough. Yeah, one out of six save. Mark, tell me about you your. Tell me about your jewel gauntlet. My bejeweled gauntlet, not the infinity gauntlet. Nope. No, but this gemstone crusted glove allows the wearer to deliver a powerful punch as they fight. So at the end of the combat phase, you want to pick an enemy unit within one inch of the bearer and roll a dice. On a three-up, that unit suffers one mortal wound. So, wow, okay, on a three-up, that's pretty good. I mean, it's not bad. I mean, yeah. it's all about having a hero that's like, I want to fucking fight. So, yeah. like, yeah, you're bloodthirster. Yeah. Again, you just want to like throw him in the shit. So yeah. this is this is something nice for him. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, or your what's your Celestine guy? Oh uh, yeah, Celestine Prime. Celestine Prime. Yeah, yeah. This is something to be great for him. Yeah. All right. Alchemical chain. The shifting metal of this chain gains the new links. As it absorbs hostile magic, the bearer can attempt to unbind a single spell in each enemy hero phase in the same manner as a wizard 
If the bearer is already a wizard, they can attempt to unbind one additional spell. So, it, I mean, it's not fancy, but with like magic being such a like big deal these days, yeah, can't knock that. It's what is it called? Dispel scroll. Dispel scroll. Man, I fucking love that. Pretty much. Yeah. In I the mean, old days. Th- this is really saying that you can unbind it. Right. You know, then you get a chance to, to do an extra one. Yep. Yeah. And there's a lot of stuff that it, that says that out there already. So mm-hmm. you could stack that. Yeah. And all of a sudden you've got like two abilities, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Abilities. I know that with my Daughters of Cain, or Cain army, I'm planning to bring a lot of magic. So having an opponent out there that can easily unbind two spells yeah. per turn, that yeah. that's devastating. Yeah. Uh, one character that can unbind two spells per turn. That's important. That's well, really important. Just think about it. Like This is what I think about with a KO or Duarden-based army, is that we don't have any wizards. So we don't have that natural ability to yeah. unbind unless right. we take a specific model mm-hmm. which you know for dispossessed would be a rune lord or for a ko would be a uh, navigator so if that's the only reason i'm taking a navigator is to unbind something well yeah. why don't i use those points in the navigator to put something else down that i really want yeah or to fulfill some goal that i have for the master list that i have and right. then just take an artifact that allows one of my guys to unbind a spell. Yeah. And then I essentially have my navigator and the abilities that he already has. Yep. I just, to me, already, I'm changing my list. Yeah, I think I'm going to add big. the alchemical chain. So do you guys think you're going to, based on this conversation yeah. this evening, are you going to change the realm that is your home base for your army? Um, I feel like I already have that in my repertoire. Okay, so you don't for, need to be from the realm of metal. I don't for that well, what, specific well, artifact. For your KO army, what realm are you already from? For KO, you're technically kind of already from Chaman, right? Well, but that doesn't include these artifacts. It doesn't. It includes, like, for me in the KO, I'm already including my own KO artifacts, well, and yeah, I have but... that artifact already. Oh, okay. And I feel you... like tonight what I've realized is reading that one i kind of realized i'm going to change my list up i may take my navigator out of the list and just give my guy that artifact this one that you just talked about well i have a ko version of it Mm -hmm. or that one yeah you know like i could decide which is better but i can take an artifact and um i mean if i take a battalion i can take an extra artifact yeah and and even in that you know I'm adding, what, a command point and an mm-hmm. artifact yeah. at that point. So an artifact might, or taking a battalion might be better yeah. in that I spend those points that I would have yeah. on that model to take the battalion and get the artifact that he does for me anyway. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah, get the, get the artifact for free rather than spending the points on the model you're not going to use. Right. That makes so, perfect sense to me. For me, does that feel like do. story-wise? Does that feel right to your KO army? I think so. I think for me, the navigator serves one purpose, and the navigator serves the purpose of unbinding spells. Yeah, and, and if you can give that to someone he's else, he's cheap. How much? If, how many points? Eighty points. 
But well, that's all he does is unbind. He also adds movement mm. to like a like a he adds D three movement mm. to mm. my sky vessels. Yeah, which is like D three. Yeah, maybe could be you can't count one. on more than one. You, you know, know so, like right. Like you can you play. You can play six games and only get one inch each game. Yeah, right. So it's kind of it's kind of like let's just go with what the base stats are for everybody. Build the list off of what they can do, and if you're happy with that, let's replace the navigator with an artifact that does what he can do for eighty points. Yeah, Mark. What about you? Armies you play. Slaves to yes. Darkness, yep. Blaze of Corn, yep. Corn Demons. What do you feel the realm of metal adds to your army? Well, I, I, I'm not sure. I, I mean, I almost want to like delve into the Zinch, yeah. you know, side of it. I mean, this this land, this this realm, kind of exp- you know inspires me to uh, to get more Zinchian with uh, w- with my army. But uh, uh, no, no, it's, it, it actually sounds awesome. You know, corn. I, you know, I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. You know, I kind of corn liked in the realm of corn metal. Corn more so. Except I, I it's really, a realm of metal. It really is, and they would love that, and they'd be right up front, <laughs> like slam dancing and, and all that good stuff. Yeah. But but uh, but uh, no, seriously, I, I really would like to start like a zinch army, like based yeah. all around this realm. I, I okay, I feel pretty good about the realm of metal. So we, uh, yeah, we did it. We recorded we it. We talked the realm of metal. We did. How can they find oh, out about us? How can they find out about us? They can look up Nicholas on Twitter by looking at... Nicholunch, N-I-C-H-O-L-U-N-C-H. At? Uh, on Twitter. At Twitter. Yeah. And you can look me up at warlando 77 on Twitter, that's W A R L A N D O on Twitter, and you can also look me up uh, at Warlando on Instagram. All right, uh, we're gonna go back to Friday night drinking into Sunday morning drinking, one of those in between. Uh, we love you all. What did the orcs in Shaman say? Get ready. Better. The realm of Chamon. Chamon. The realm of Metal. The realm of White Hot Metal. Fuck yeah! Holy Metal. 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 Chamon. Chamon. Fuck yeah! Holy.